Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. And then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the show where we pick a show, pick a television show I should say, and we just talk about the pilot episode. Just the first episode, that's it, that's all. Now, this this episode, we were we were given a lot of great suggestions last week about shows that some of our friends and listeners wanted to hear about and the one we picked was Fringe and that was suggested by by Krista Jackson so thank you for that and you know keep them coming uh, you can you know you can drop suggestions on like Facebook Twitter Instagram we're on pretty much all the social medias so um, so and I, I feel like before we get started uh, because this show the pilot was 2008, but, you know, it's eight years ago, but I feel like this is a show that maybe someone would still go back and watch, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say that we're going to give a spoiler warning for this episode. So if you've not ever seen Fringe, and you want to go back, you know, and you want to start from the beginning, um, we're we're going to talk about everything, I think. I, th- I think we have to. I think we have to also. We absolutely have to talk about everything that happened in this this pilot episode. Um, as we normally do with the past three shows, we, we've talk, we kind of give our personal history, if any, with the show. So anything that you have going into this? I really didn't know much about it. Um, Krista was the first person that made some suggestions, and she made several suggestions, and I definitely wanted to choose one from her list, and um, I just kind of said, okay, here's Fringe. I don't really know what this is about, but as soon as I looked it up, I immediately thought... You know, this this sounds pretty interesting. Um, let's give it a go. Um, so, I can't say that I have a, a an extensive background with it um, because I really I wasn't familiar with the show. Um, there were a couple of the actors in the show I was new or were familiar with, um, but beyond that, you know. Not a whole lot. Once I um, looked into it a little bit, though, I did see J.J. Abrams' name mm-hmm. and immediately thought, well, I really want to look at this now. Um, yeah, I've, I've been a fan of several things that he has done in the past. I was a uh, you know, big fan of Alias, actually. Um, and so that kind of just kind of sealed it. Um, I, I'll be honest, didn't really look into the other things on Krista's <laughs> list just yet. Um, I got a little bit excited about Fringe and just kind of stopped right there and said, okay, this is the selection for this week. So, 
Now, and let, well, let's be honest. You, when you saw that Joshua Jackson. Listen, <laughs> listen. I saw Pacey. I was like, I'm done. Okay, let's <laughs> let's put this on. It's going to be win-win. Um, yeah, okay. I will just totally admit, I was a Dawson's Creek fan. You know, you're a creaker. I yeah, I'm okay. I'm comfortable, and I can just say it. You know, you you hung out at the creek. Right, and, and everybody it, knows and I, I think that Pacey did. was cooler than Dawson. Oh, sure. Let's just put it out there. So, yeah, I saw Joshua Jackson, and I was like, all right, let's dance. <laughs> um, well, minus the the Pacey part, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't have much more knowledge about it than you, than, than you did. I, I do remember after we started watching the pilot that I did start watching the pilot when it first aired but I only got as far as the the op- just basically the opening scene where the the inciting incident takes place uh, aboard the airplane and then the discovery of the airplane and the you know the federal agents get involved for some reason I didn't I, I don't know I don't remember what happened it was eight years ago um, you should definitely remember what happened. I, uh, I don't know if I didn't, if I just immediately was not interested or well, something happened, but I, I, I really recall the opening, well, because first of all, it was horrific and disturbing. I'm glad we weren't eating while we were watching <laughs> the this show because the... The opening scene is very, it, it, I mean, it, it sets the tone and it's, it really almost, you think it's going to be more horror than sci-fi, but as the show progresses, or as the episode progresses, it, it really doesn't get much worse than that. You don't really see a lot after that as far as, like, um, anything graphic or... Right. You know. You know, I'm not one for gory yeah. things. And this, I was still able to handle what we saw, although, you know, you could definitely put it in the category of kind of gory, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I I will say that I was immediately interested because of what happened on the plane, that very, like, opening scene. Um, I'm going to just throw in... That this mm-hmm. pilot was an hour and 21 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it progressed, the li- there was a point where I was kind of like, mm, I'm not sure. And later it just kind of like pulled me back in. Mm-hmm. So not to like, you know, cut to the ending of our podcast or anything and give it, you know, give the ending away just yet. But, um... You know, I was kind of on board, then not sure, and then back on board. Right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think I went through the same ups and downs with the episode. Um, but before we get too far into talking about it, I'm just going to do a, a quick, uh, just a real quick recap of the episode as per IMDb. And it says, after a plane from Hamburg returns with no survivors, FBI agent Olivia Dunham goes after the only person that might shed some light on the incident, a scientist that has been in a mental uh, mental hospital for the last 17 years. So, there you go. That's where where we're starting from. Uh, 
The plane lands, yeah, everyone on board is dead. They call in all the federal agencies and this FBI agent is on the case and she just, you know, through her discoveries and her investigations, she finds that the, you know, the, basically the mad scientist, uh, John Noble, who was, uh, I forget his name, but he was, he was the, uh, the crazy king in the uh, second Lord of the Rings movie, the, the Two Towers, or no, is it the Two Towers? I should know this. It's, I'm embarrassed that I don't. Um, oh, he was in, well, the Two Towers and Return of the King. Um, Denethor. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's the only one, that's the only thing I knew him from. Now, you said you might have recognized well, him from something else. And so looking here on IMDb, he was in elementary. I used to watch that show. Oh, okay. It, See, it, it I never could did. be from that show that I recognize him. So I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um he was in he was in all one hundred episodes of Fringe and just a lot of stuff. He's he's uh, certainly a an accomplished actor. And then you've got uh, Joshua Jackson, of course, we know is Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek, and then the the federal agent, um, the actress's name is Anna Torv. I have never seen her in, uh, at least Me to my knowledge, I've never seen her in anything. Um, and then you've got a couple of character actors in uh, Mark Valley, who was John Scott, and then. Um, Kirk Acevedo, who I've seen in a lot of things, he was Charlie. He was um, the like kind of their supervisor, their, the federal agent who was helping them. Yeah, I recognized him. I didn't know um, the actor's name or where I would have known him from. Yeah. Um, again, he's one of those those guys. It's you've probably seen him in a hundred different things. Um, She's Australian. Oh, would never have guessed. And it's like she's she's in that new show that's going to be on Netflix, the one that is, was filmed oh, locally. Right. So we might be we should, seeing more of her. Yeah, we should check that one out. Um, so so not to get too, I guess, far off track as far as Anna Torv and her, you know, her history and her her career. Um, I liked everyone in this episode. All the main characters and even the secondary characters I really enjoyed um, I thought the you know just just overall impressions I like like we said there were some ups and downs in the episode um, for me more ups than downs and by the end of the episode I was I was hooked I'm like let's do the second episode yeah I was ready to keep going and I don't know maybe maybe we will at some point keep watching this show because I thought the the first episode not only you know gave us the you know the 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 meat of the uh, you know mystery of that episode but really did a good job of setting up you know all I mean the the future 
mysteries, conspiracies, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, I really felt like the story was was well written, and I wrote down in my notes about it being a smart drama. Like, I love it when I'm watching a show and I and I think, okay, I'm with you. I got you. Holy crap! Did not even expect that. Didn't see it, or just a, a twist or something that, you know. It's, it's, it's smart. It's something that's that I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, how did they even come up with that? Mm-hmm. You know, so the story itself, I thought, was was definitely smart. The actors, I think, were all uh, well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had a kind of a special place in my heart, if you will, for the scientist, Dr. Bishop, Actually, oh yeah, Walter. Yeah, he was great. He, um, he's been in a mental institution basically for 17 years. Has a poor, at best, relationship with his son. If you could even say, I I think this is the first that he's seen his son in many years. So he's just been like, like basically a genius stuck in a box for 17 years, Mm -hmm. and um. So when this plane lands in Boston and all the passengers are dead, um, the main character, Olivia Dunham, who's with the FBI, starts doing her investigation and makes this connection and realizes that the scientist had done some work previously with um, the condition, if you will, that these passengers uh, were found in. And so she wanted to work with him so that she could better understand you know what happened on the plane so he's in this institution and he's not allowed any visitors except for immediate family so she kind of manipulates his son a little bit the son is joshua jackson um to who's a genius who's also a genius iq 190 but he's more with it he he, he's not like socially inept right he's kind of like like a I don't know. He he's he's just a little more charming. Yeah, know. he's um, kind of a I don't know, kind of a jerk, kind of I don't know, kind of manipulates people himself. Um, from what we can see, the first scene with him, he's trying to kind of work a deal with some Iraqi people. Yeah, it's, it, he's he, he's basically he he uses he doesn't really use his genius for anything other than just doing what he wants. I mean, he just he, he's just kind of a player. Right. Um I wanted I wanted to call him a playboy, but he wasn't really like there were no scenes where he was with women per se, so it didn't sound like the right word, mm-hmm. but just that style of person. And so anyways, um Olivia basically manipulates um Dr. Bishop's son to get her into the institution so that she can talk to it with him and um, they end up bringing him out of the institution getting him set back up in his old laboratory which was in at Harvard mm-hmm. um, so that um, he could kind of I guess study the condition I guess we should probably go back a little bit and say that her love interest, the character's name is John, he's also FBI. Right. 
it's a kind of a secret romance, I guess, because they're not supposed to be dating. And um, in their investigation, they go to this storage unit and um, discover a person there. I don't. I, Stieg, right, was his last name. Right. Well, he, and he happens to look exactly like the person on the plane who, uh, who basically uh, exposed all the passengers to this chemical reaction. And so that right there is kind of like, whoa, how did that happen? He's supposed to be dead, he's, he's but dead. look, this guy's alive. Yeah, this person looks just like him. And yeah, you come to find out later that it's, a, it's his twin, um, but not before the uh, agent Scott gets exposed. He also gets exposed to this chemical compound. And I, I guess what it does is it just breaks the body down. It starts with turning... Well, they're, they're able to slow down his degradation by putting him in a coma and keeping his body temperature down. But it it, it made his skin translucent, which it, I thought was almost, really cool. It kind of looked like a jelly. Like when uh, Dr. Bishop came in, he kind of he took like a sample of John's skin and it it looked a little bit like, you know, petroleum jelly type of mm-hmm. type of material. Um it was kind of creepy um cuz you could kind of then see what's below the skin. Definitely right. you could see you, muscle and things like organs that. Organs and some bones and mm-hmm. yeah, it was really it was interesting and creepy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and one overall thought I, or thing that I just came to realize in that they uh, so you know Olivia's purpose. I mean, she was trying to solve the greater problem, but her you know her her driving motives were to save Agent Scott because that was her love interest, and they you know professed their love to each other right before he became you know the Invisible Man, basically. Which, of course, as soon as they said, you know, they uh, I love you to each other, I'm like, okay, this guy's either going to die or something bad's going to happen As soon as they him. started chasing Stieg, I was like, one of them's going to bite it. Something's going to happen. And, um... But what I, what I think is interesting is, by the end of the episode, it's still kind of open-ended. They, they save... They save Agent Scott, and he, he makes pretty much a full recovery but you know there i guess the you know there, there's the, what what it does is it opens up a bigger door and she's she's presented with even more mysteries behind what happened in this first episode which mm-hmm. was very fascinating the, the way they you know what she, you know she thought she was just working on this one case what she comes to find out is this is just one incident and a series of incidents that's brought to her attention by uh, the uh, Homeland Security guy in, in charge of the task force. Um, uh, his name is Broyles, who at first is kind of a real dick to her. Yeah, he's the worst. There's, there's a he has a beef with her. There's a little bit of a history. Yeah. Um, so he he's given her a hard time. She's trying to work on the case, yeah. solve the case. 
and he's just giving her a hard time. But then he, he, he you know, he, he, you come to f- realize that, you know, he's being really hard on her, but he wa- he wants her to investigate this, and then towards the end of the episode, he is basically recruiting her to work on this, you know, to to work on his task force to investigate all these, I guess we'll just call them, like, fringe uh, incidents. Because they, they, they refer to it as fringe science. Um, or, you know, another term has been, that I've heard is, like, black science. You know, where it's just all this... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of X Files basically going on in here. You know, mm-hmm. there's um, a lot. You know, I'm not going to say they're they're blatantly ripping off the X Files, but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap. Uh, it's just it's almost like a, it's an updated and a different twist on the X Files. That you know she's you know she's working on this special task force just to investigate all these different mysteries and of course and there's this greater uh, conspiracy and mystery you know behind it um, so I, I don't know I'm just uh, you know just throughout the episode they just kept throwing more things at you and the, um, the company that seems to be at the the core of this is um, called Massive Dynamic which is I guess this I guess it's we're supposed to believe it's on the scale of like a Google, right? Like this huge conglomerate, this huge tech company. Um, but I guess they do everything: weapons. Yeah, um, sounds like it. You know, just scientific advances, and and um, they kept dropping the name William Bell, who was a scientist that worked or shared a lab with Dr. Bishop. And I kept wondering if we were going to see. William Bell, and we, you you never see William Bell, so we don't know who he is or when we're going to see him. Um, I did accidentally spoil it for myself to see who plays William Bell. Oh man, don't tell me. I won't tell you, but it's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I think we we could probably continue with the actual story a little bit mm-hmm. you know they, they get dr bishop working in his um original lab and uh he explains so the only person who saw stieg the bad guy was john scott mm-hmm. and now john scott is on the verge of death and right. so well, they say he's got 24 hours right which is like I even wrote that down. I'm like, that's like standard. Like, you've got 24 hours to solve the case. Right. (laughs) So Dr. Bishop explains a procedure that Olivia could um, go through to basically get into the mind of John Scott. And she's willing to do anything because um, she wants to solve the case, like we said, and she wants to save, you know, her love. So um, they go through this process, and I don't—I'm not quite sure what to call it. Where they kind of like share thoughts; uh, their brain waves are on the same pattern. Like they share like a consciousness almost. Right. And so um, when this process is over, she comes out of this chamber, and she's able to put together an artist rendition. 
of mm-hmm. what this person looks like, um, and immediately they recognize him as what they think the the guy on the plane. They make the connection that they're brothers, and they go, you know, basically running with the case. Um, well, they make a further connection to the fact that the twin brother worked for uh, Massive right. Dynamic, which, right. it, you know, the the coincidences kept piling up. So, you know, they, they go to Massive Dynamic to demand some answers, and they, you know, they, they give them the information that they need. But, again, as soon as they show, you know, just some of the, you know, the bits and pieces of Massive Dynamic, you're like, okay, some bad stuff goes down here. Like they're they put up a good front, but these are definitely the bad guys. Yeah. Um, what else do we need to say about the story? So John recovers, mm-hmm. and you think everything's great, but we realize that he's in on it. He's right. in some way he is working with or for. Um, that company. Massive Dynamic. Massive yeah. Dynamic. I keep wanting to say Maximum. <laughs> Massive Dynamic. Um, so Olivia pieces this together um, because she's trying to get information from Stieg and um, he basically tells her, like, I can prove to you what I'm saying because I have this recording. She goes and digs it up and plays it and here's John's voice on the recording. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, yeah. Well, then. Meanwhile, John realizes that that um, that Stieg is the one that's gonna is able to finger you know to 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 finger him or point him out, and they're they just happen to be in the same hospital, <laughs> and he throws on his suit and he says you know he lets himself and he's like ah federal agent and he goes in and immediately smothers him and. And then Olivia gets, you know, once you know Olivia pieces it together, but she calls her boss too late, and they get there and they find Steve is dead, and there's a chase with Olivia and John, which results in John flipping his car and just, you know, I mean, he's dying, and and she's trying to get information out of him, and you know, he just almost makes things worse by saying, you know, ask yourself why Broyles sent you to the storage unit in the first place. You know, it's like almost implicating Broyles or pointing out a bigger, you know, pointing out the bigger picture, which I think kind of cemented for um, for Olivia that she need because at first when when Broyles approaches her and says you know I want you to work on this task force with me she blows him off mm-hmm. but you know after all this it, it's like she realizes how deep you know how far how far down the rabbit hole she is now and in fact something occurred to me at the time and I forgot to write it down in my notes but when you know when when Broyles <clears throat> is trying to recruit her to work for him and she says I just want to go back to normal he says to her I don't think you can and at first I was thinking he meant I don't think you can because you're you're going to be naturally interested in this and your instinct is going to be 
to want to investigate. What I think he really meant was, you're in too deep now. Like, you've asked too many questions and you've opened too many doors. You know more about what's going on than, than a lot of people. So you either pretty much have to work with me or, you know, someone's probably going to come after you type of thing. You know, that he basically said, like, you're in it now. Right. You know. And, and, and th- in thinking about what you just said, I wonder, did he give her a hard time all along so that she wouldn't get in too deep? You know, so he wouldn't have to, you know, deal with her later or figure out a place for her or whatever. And then he was just like, crap. She's in, but hey, look, she's not doing a terrible job. Mm-hmm. So we might as well just recruit her. She knows all this information, anyways. Right. So you know, he looked like a jerk in the beginning, but maybe he was just trying to spare her, you know, from this like the craziness. Mm-hmm. Um. So the yeah. So you know. So by the end. She's, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna work with Broyles. She convinces the the bishops, you know, Doctor Bishop and Peter, to to stay and to help her continue the work and to, you know, look into these different mysteries. Um, one thing I thought was was really cool was the kind of the end scene where you see John Scott's body being wheeled into a, a hallway and you're not sure where you are and then you realize you're in massive uh, massive dynamic and the I guess it's I guess this would be William Bell's like right hand person this mm-hmm. woman um, her Nina Nina Sharp was her name in the show we saw her earlier she was the person that gave Olivia the information that she was asking for yeah. about Stieg because he had worked there right and the the medic or the tech or whatever says he's been dead about five hours, and she says, you know, let's let's see what he knows. Like she says, interrogate him. Yeah, interrogate him. And, and so, basically, using the same technology they were using earlier in the show, because um, Doctor Bishop mentioned that he himself had was able to get some thoughts or you know get some information from. A dead person, and I guess there's a certain amount of time that a person can be dead, and I guess their brain is still active enough to use this technology that he developed that also Massive Dynamic has. So it's going to be interesting to see how the two big brains match up in this show, you know, like Dr. Bishop versus um, uh, William Bell. So yeah, so I, I guess we haven't seen the last of John Scott. Right. Right. And I think that, um, you know, like I was saying before, I kind of had this soft spot for, for Dr. Bishop. Um, so I definitely want to see him again. I think it's pretty cool that Olivia gets to pick her team and she wants to con- continue to work with him, um, which means he doesn't have to go back. Uh, to the mental institution, mm-hmm. and you know, you see, you see bits and pieces of uh, someone, you know, with mental issues, mixed in with just like true genius. You know, he doesn't really belong in there. Right. And then the whole thing with his son, 
Um, his son is genius level, extremely intelligent. And like we said before, he starts, you know, in the beginning we see him, he's, he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of arrogant and cares mostly about himself and mm-hmm. and things like that. And, you know, I guess we'd have to just keep watching and see what happens. But, you know, I kind of think he's got his eye a little bit on Miss Olivia. I think that he they, was... Um, they definitely shared a couple of moments. Yeah. And a yeah, couple yeah. of, like, stolen glances, things like that. But I think in addition to just maybe an attraction he actually was starting to respect her and the work that she is doing in the beginning he was kind of like hey lady leave me alone i don't want any part of this kind of a thing oh you want to get my dad out of the crazy house heck no (laughs) what are you thinking Mm -hmm. the further they go through this entire crazy story you know like he's watching her um when she like went under if you will to um, you know, connect brains, if you will, with John and and you know, I'm watching him watching her and you just what I see on his face was it he totally we're seeing a different side of him. He's concerned about her. He's beginning to kind of care for her, respect what she's doing and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So you know, I, I won't be surprised if there's some kind of you know, romance that, that Mm -hmm. evolves there. Well, it's funny. Speaking of his, his face, um, he still has that baby face and, you know, he's Pacey with a beard. Yeah. He's, he's unshaven Pacey and he still has a little bit like his cheeks are still a little, got a little chub in them, which is probably why he has a beard. So he doesn't look so young. It was funny to, you know, he, I mean, I know he's a, he's an adult, I know he's, you know, he's not a kid, but he still has that pacey face, and it was weird every, like, when he first met Olivia, you know, again, he, we, like we said, he was kind of the jerk, and he kept calling her sweetheart and honey, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it sounded so weird coming from him, because I'm like, you don't look tough. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when Han Solo says, he's the brain, sweetheart, like, that sound. I mean, that sounds right. When he, <laughs> when Pacey calls someone sweetheart, I'm like, you just sound like you're trying to be an adult, but you're Pacey. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to get past the Pacey thing. Yeah, but uh, toward, by like middle or end of the episode, I mean he had stopped doing that. So I was, I was kind of glad that they stopped writing that into his dialogue. Right. The, the sweethearts and the honeys, the you know that. Well, and again, I think that came with he was starting to just kind right. of had this a little bit of an admiration, respect well, for what she was doing and understanding. Not only that, I think he started to believe in what they were doing because, right. um, you know, when when uh, when Walter was, you know, coming up with his plans to use uh, Scott's blood to you know, to do a transfusion, to cure him. They were, you know, he, Peter and Walter were going, like, kind of just batting ideas back and forth. Like, Peter was actually showing his brilliant side as well. And, in fact, one of the, at one point when Olivia is, you know, begging or, you know, Peter to help her with, you know, Dr. Bishop, she says, 
you're the only one that speaks Walter. <laughs> you know, whereas, so he's like, you know, he he's the liaison. He's the connection between Olivia and Walter because he speaks both genius and just normal, average, average yeah. yeah, everyday. So it's almost like, you know, why, you know, even though the the show started and focused with Olivia, it's almost like Peter is is going to be a, just as important because I think for the viewer, he's the one that's going to break everything down from science speak to dummy speak. Right. You know. And and I think that we're probably just going to grow to love him even more because we're starting to see that he really, he's not just a jerk. He's really, he's just a guy, you mm-hmm. know, he's just, he's a decent person. And, um, I'll be interested to see how, you know, what the future holds in terms of a relationship with his dad, because mm-hmm. he was so, he calls his own father, Walter, right? He, there just is no relationship there. There's That's a always lot <laughs> of just some animosity. Yeah. There's some negative feelings. And if I'm looking at Walter going on. I'll say that it, it's always bad when your kids call you by your first name. <laughs> That's not a good sign. But yeah, and I agree. It was almost like Walter was, you know, even in his own way, was showing affection for Peter when they're at one point when they're sitting in the car uh, while the authorities are ransacking Stieg's home. He he says to Peter, he says like when he says, you know, let me check your blood pressure. <laughs> You're showing signs of hypertension, but he was saying it in like the way that one of our parents would say, "Are you okay?" You yeah, look, he was being a dad, you not looked, a you scientist. Stressed, but he was still. It was like the only way he could express himself was in scientific in or speak. yeah or yeah. medical terms. He couldn't show affection in a normal way, and that was the impression that you know that Peter gave to Olivia that you know the first you know like the early part of Peter's life was just misery until um, Dr. Bishop was eventually committed to that mental institution. So, yeah, it it, it will be interesting to see how all of the relationships um, kind of form. I, and I, this is a show, I, I think we're both in agreement that not only would we move into the next part of the podcast, you know, would we continue watching this show? I think Mm -hmm. the answer for both of us is yes, but I think... Absolutely. For real, we're probably going to (laughs) keep watching this show because we're that interested, you know. Mm -hmm. We said some of the other shows we we would keep watching. We haven't necessarily, but I think this is one that... um, it's just so interesting to me and there's there's just there were several moments of just like oh my gosh i could i see jj abrams like all over this Mm because and that was why i liked alias so much just when you think you got this you know what's going on you know who's who who's good who's bad whatever they throw something in Mm -hmm. that you just didn't necessarily expect and and you sit back and go oh my goodness and and i already see elements of that in in this show so i'm pretty i like the show i would watch it again i do intend to continue you know watching it and i'm I'm interested 
to see, you know, where where this where this goes. Oh yeah, I have to know what the pattern is. They they mentioned the pattern. Right. I have to know what the pattern is. Right. So the what was her name? Nina. Mm-hmm. The the person who worked at Massive. Dynamic. Yeah, I want to say Maximum again. Uh, Massive Dynamic um, says to Olivia something oh, about yeah. like, what do you know about the pattern? Yeah, are you clear or something? Yeah, have they told you about the pattern or and are you clear to know about the pattern? Olivia's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Nina said, Oh, I just assumed that you had clearance, clearance on that right. or, or whatever. So just another little piece that we're like, well, what's the pattern? Well, and you know? then, and uh, Broyles like, knows about the pattern. I don't think he calls it the pattern. He says it's a pattern. Right. But you know, he he's rattling off this closer list. to the end. He yeah. mentions that he he rattles off this list of all this unexplained phenomenon to Olivia, and he refers to it as a pattern. Um, I don't know that John Scott ever, in his dying breaths, ever said the. I was wait. I think I was waiting for him to say the pattern. But I don't think he ever did. That was it. Was even it was kind of hard to tell what he was saying. Well, um, but he, I mean, the, most of what he said was, you know, he mentioned broils and the storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about all he got through. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking looking forward to moving on with this show. I think, and uh, you know, we we just finished uh, a different show this week, and we were looking for another show to, you know, to start watching from the beginning and this could be it this could be our next binge-worthy yeah show keep us going for a while yeah we've been we've been looking for one so yeah I, I have a feeling this is going to be this is going to be it the, the the tough thing might be uh you know we a lot of times we we watch shows you know during dinner and maybe you know Oh, we may not listen. Do that I got to focus on this show. Yeah, I can't have dinner. I can't have distractions. Right. You know, this is this isn't uh, it, you know one of those comedies where right. you know it's you okay can to, blink and it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to 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 you know sit in front of the TV if you're watching a sitcom while you're you know eating dinner. But yeah, for this, it's going to be all you know all hands on deck. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus. We just don't know if there's going to be any other gross scenes like the beginning. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose my lose my dinner over, you know, someone yeah. someone's jaw falling off. Transparent or, skin and whatnot. Yeah, transparent skin. Right. So, um, I, I had a couple of other notes, but I don't think they're really, you know, um, important. They were just a couple of things I had you know, jotted down, but... Uh, I, I think we pretty much hit the 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 point of the episode. I mean, we, we're 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 both in for for Fringe, and I would I would recommend this show to anybody. I mean I mean there 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 are definitely some hard sci-fi elements to it. So you know you know some people I mean that's not everyone's bag, but it's definitely you know it's it's pro- it's, it's worth a try. I think right. Yeah. So, I think um, it, in terms of wrapping up, maybe one more shout out to Krista. Good yeah. Recommendation. Oh, Thank yeah, you for absolutely. suggesting this. It wasn't just um, 
you know, a pilot for us to review. It's actually a show that we, you know, want to want to start watching, um, mm-hmm. start binging, if you will. So, um, thank you to Krista. Yeah. And um, do you want to mention what we have in the works or? Well, uh, I haven't quite decided. I guess it's my pick. Right. Will be the next one. Um, I haven't quite decided. We 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 still have some some suggestions that we might you know try and work through or I don't know I might just go off the reservation and pick something completely different oh boy yeah so but that'll be coming this week you know we always try to announce what we're going to be watching in the future so if you want to watch that pilot and you know follow along with the episode or hit us up with any thoughts or questions of your own you can certainly do that um you can, like I said, I, I mentioned all the different social media platforms that we're on. Um, our email is pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. So you can always, you know, hit us up there with any suggestions or thoughts or questions. Um, yeah, I think that's, well, that's pretty much all I've got. Same here. So I guess... Um Thanks for listening, and uh, you should definitely check out Fringe. Absolutely, yes. Yes, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.